Welcome back to another episode of Chow and Company, your source of food, culture, and entertainment. Today's guest is one half of the husband and wife duo behind the creation of Eat Okra, a directory-based app connecting consumers to Black-owned restaurants from across the nation. So I want everybody to give it up for Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Anthony. Stop, stop. You don't have to... <laughs> Look, we'll keep it going. We'll keep it going. But no, thank you for being here today. Happy to have you here. And, um, you know, as we get started in today's discussion. But, you know, just as I alluded to, um, you know, Anthony actually met his wife, Janique, um, and we got a whole app out of door ordeal and not just any app, a whole app that we can use like pretty much every day, whether it's, you know, to find local eateries in our own neighborhoods or if we're like traveling and we just want to kind of like look ahead and see what's out there from the black owned restaurant front. Yeah. But I also heard that Eat Okra isn't the only app that you two have in common. So is it true that you and Janique met on Tinder? <laughs> Very true. Yep. Uh, we swiped. We matched. Um, she actually reached out to me. If she tells the story, she reached out. <laughs> she wrote the first, you know, message after you match first. Um, but yeah, um, Tinder back in 2015, 2014, 2015. So it was like the original kind of Tinder before it, what it is now. Got you. Got you. No. So then we get the whole love story between you and Janique. <laughs> so tell me, how did that love story end up, um, you know, with you two creating um, Eat Oak or the app? Yeah, I mean, we were, you know, courting and dating and just visiting restaurants, you know, throughout our our journey, like while we were courting each other. And um, a couple of years later, after we met Janique, uh, she moved to um, Brooklyn and I followed her there. And it was when we got into her apartment that that we didn't have all the cooking utensils. It was also a new new neighbor, neighborhood for for both of us. I was living at the time in Jackson Heights, Queens, and she was living she was in the Bronx. So Brooklyn was new to both of us, and it was like, well, we're in Brooklyn. How do we learn about the community? How do we find like the latest you know the spots right like why do we find how do we find community in a new neighborhood for us like what's familiar black owned restaurants we want to support those restaurants anyways let's find them and you know that wasn't really a, an easy thing to do at the time and you know we still had yelp at the time we had foursquare at the time but um, tagging restaurants as black owned wasn't a thing then at that time so she was like you know why don't you build an app for you and I to um, find and support Black-owned businesses, uh, you know, and learn about the, the neighborhood while doing it and have fun. It's something we can do together. Um, I should also say that I I, don't, I have a tech background. Yeah, I was just so. going to say, that let's talk about <laughs> your, compu app, your computer science background, because not anybody can just craft an app. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's a very important piece. So, yeah, can you talk a little bit about how your professional backgrounds contributed to the development of the app? Yeah. So as a kid, I was always like hacking away at, you know, whatever. Um, at the time, like, as a kid, it was like Lego Mindstorm was like my jam, which was like a robotic set that had sensors and motors and things. And then, um, you know, doing that, hacking away at computers, using Dreamweaver to build websites. I went to the army after high school and I did six years active duty army. I was an aviation maintenance repairer where I worked on helicopters and did like, you know, geeky stuff where I was like 
chasing wires through components and soldering and desoldering and getting electrocuted and all the things. Um, after the army, I, you know, honorably discharged, I would I went to Fordham University and got my degree in computer science. So that's what brought me to the city. And then soon after, after that, I went to after I got my CS degree, I got a um, I went to Dev Boot Camp and did a summer in, in, an intensive, three month intensive on just kind of code. Right, theory is college, and then practical application uh, came after that. And then shortly after, I did um, I got my first job at, at a company called Building Block, um, building construction management software, where I worked for a startup. Uh, so I, I got to see them um, get acquired, <laughs> reacquire the company back, but I was able to be there from like the ground up. It's really see how, how to organize and build, uh, run a company. So that was kind of like my, my way through entrepreneurship <laughs> into mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Yeah. So can you talk about the name eat okra and where it comes from? Yeah. So okra is a nod to our heritage. Okra, um, was a seed brought over during a slave trade from West South West Africa to uh, and settled in the South. My family, my roots, I'm not from there, but my roots are from Louisiana uh, near Lake Charles in a small city called uh, Iota. My wife's family is from uh, Sumter, South Carolina. So, you know, okra is cooked in, in, in the stews and in, in the soups and especially the gumbo, right? Um, so we use it as a you know, okra is used to really combine ingredients, and that's what we're doing, combining people and communities through food. Got you, got you. So when you talk about maybe the um, the early stages of the development of Eat Okra, what were some of the challenges that you all faced? Um, so Eat Okra started out as a project, like like literally just a project, then it became like a passion project. It was like, wait a minute. And it was, wait a minute, we can kind of make money on this. And then it was like, all right, let's incorporate so back in 2015, it, the challenge was really just get, getting started. I was, you know, really just getting into into like coding. Well, I was maybe a couple of years into coding, so mm-hmm. I had a good, a decent idea, but I'd never built a mobile app before. So for me, it was about just learning how to build an app, you know, from from the ground up, mm-hmm. building the server side, the website, and then also building a mobile app, which was like an t- entirely new structure and architecture to building yeah. building a product. So I was. You know, I read like I think like two books about coding on how to how to build a mobile app. I was in like chat rooms, I was YouTubing. So once I figured out which language I would use, I started. You know, just literally it was the first thing I built and just kept going. Had to do a lot of research. There's plenty of times I wanted to quit because I'd run into a problem that would take me t- oh, 10 days to figure out, two weeks mm-hmm. to figure out. And it was just like thinking about those problems, I get an aha moment. And um power through it but you know there's you know it took us four years before we made any money building it so now we're spending 20 30 hours a week on top of a full-time day job building it um so there's a lot of challenges especially around coding in the beginning yeah and so i know you were able to you know do your research and get past those technical solutions or excuse me those technical hurdles but when it came to um you know getting that initial batch of like restaurant owners was there any pushback like how did you get them to see the value in being a part of the app yeah i we didn't go after the owners first uh it's it's two sides to that that building two networks right the owner is the hard network it's like a chicken and the egg problem so what we did was we just hand manually added all the restaurants Mm -hmm. and photos 
So my, between my wife and I, we added about 3,600 restaurants in four years. And, um, you know, that's 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes of restaurant to, to add to the app. So you do the math. It's a lot yeah. of times inputting data uh, into the app on top of building a full product out. So that's, you know, and then so the idea was once people opened the app in New York, you know, they would share it with their friends, they share it wherever, you know, and then when people open the app, they see like, oh, I can scroll and scroll mm-hmm. and scroll more black owned business, more black, you know, and it feels like it's just, you're kind of inspired by all the blackness and ownership that's happening mm-hmm. in the app. And then the owners would just fall in play and fall into it, you know, as people would visit these restaurants and tell them like, hey, I found you on Edoka and you need to like get on or whatever, you know, like actually sign up and claim your restaurant on Edoka. But really that that's how we, we went about it was just really getting the people bought in first. Yeah. Um, for And for me, it was like, hey, I, I built this app. We have... 25, 5,000 people in New York City looking for black owned restaurants. I think you should sign up, you know, now that I had that kind of like data point to like leverage yeah. why you want to be on the app. So it was really, it was really about that. Yeah. And so, you know, what's, what, what's the process like for, you know, um, a black owned restaurant to, you know, even get on the app? Is it just as simple as they go and fill out the form or, you know, via the app or your website and just go from there? Yeah, it's pretty that simple. We have a, a, a button at the top that says get listed. And we ask you a few questions. Um, if you're the owner, we ask you a couple more questions on top of that. And then you do it in like an interview with us or, you know, you know, just do an onboarding session with us. And, you know, that's really about it. You, you enter your data and off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody wanted to uh, recommend a fellow black owned business, how would that work too? Same. At, well, at the bottom of the page is a get listed button which will bring up a form. We ask you about five or six questions and then on the mobile app as well, um, in a far right tab at the top, um, there's a, I think it's a green button that says get listed or, or, or recommend a, a business, some business recommendation, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But super simple. We try to keep it as simple questions. We only ask you for the name, like address, city, state, and then we kind of do the rest. Yeah, you know, I can say as a user of the app, it is very intuitive, very easy to use. Um, so kudos to you on that. <laughs> but in terms of like functionality, um, how has the app grown since its inception to where it is today? Yeah, um, in its inception, it was really, um, we weren't really gathering, like there was no like user preferences or you needing to sign up. So that was something we kind of graduated to. Before it was just open the app, start scrolling, start looking mm-hmm. around. But I really wanted to be like creating collections and saving things and get notified when, you know, a new restaurant opened up around me or I wanted to learn about events that are happening or any kind of articles that are celebrating restaurant wins. Those are all things we added later, a um, couple years later, actually. And um, we also kind of during COVID pivoted to make delivery more prominent within the platform, not, mm. restaurants not allowing, uh, in certain cities, not allowing uh, foot traffic inside their restaurants. So it became really about how do you support in a digital, super digital, all digital way. Uh, and so we really like emphasized um, highlighting the restaurant partners. So like the DoorDashes, the Uber Eats, the Grubhubs, Seamless, like making sure that any restaurant, any third party delivery solution that they're tied to, you'd be able to like click it, open up your, your DoorDash delivery app, 
and go straight into that restaurant without having to like click through and scroll and find and yeah. look up. You know, we made it super seamless. Yeah. And so you mentioned COVID. And of course, we all know that came like with the, the protests, with the whole civil unrest, you know, the, the murder of George Floyd. Can you talk about the impacts that you directly saw and, and you know, what what effects it had on, you know, your app, your downloads, uh, you know, how people um, engage with you? How did that work out? Yeah, the timing of George Floyd was super um was super crucial, I think, to like where we're at now, because maybe about a year and a half prior, I had we had already had Eat Okra out since 2016. Mm -hmm. But um, a year and a half prior, I had started to really rebuild the app from the ground up. Um, so I did that over about a year and a half. And right before George Floyd, I actually had turned it on with the new features of being able mm -hmm. to sign up and create an account and be able to bookmark and do mm -hmm. create collections um so literally three days after i turned that feature on george floyd happened and then somebody george floyd happened and then COVID happened well, COVID had already happened but it was um attention was like okay how do we support black owned businesses social justice social unrest all of everything just like the world was watching what it was mean to be black and people wanted to support and figure out how they can leverage what resources they have to support. And so somebody on Twitter or, or link Twitter or, or Instagram created a, a post. Use Eat Okra to support black owned businesses. Mm -hmm. I'm using it in New York. You can, they've got, you know, they did an amazing post and yeah, it yeah. viral. It went viral. It went over to another social me media platform. It went viral there. And we got just something crazy. People with like million, two million dollar followers were creating like videos and DMing wow. us. And it was just crazy. Just wanted to share what we were doing. And, you know, we were super, super happy about it and uh, overwhelmed at the same time because we went from having about 40,000 people download the app at that time to 150,000, well, to 200,000 uh, within a month. Um, so I had to really look at what we had done. Some of the code was outdated so i had to like mm -hmm. clean that up uh so some sleepless nights for the first couple of nights once we saw this like two thousand in a day five thousand ten thousand new users twenty thousand new users a day and it just didn't stop i was like normally when this happens like in a weekend it's over but it just didn't stop yeah. um and so you know we started getting on the phone calls with other bigger part bigger companies that were had their own had saw and wanted to help what happened and so we've talked with our, you know, our partners now with Pepsi and they put together a, a program called Pepsi Dig In where they're they're looking to um, drive one hundred million dollars in sales to black owned restaurants. You know, mm. Uber Eats put together a program as well where uh, a few programs that we work with them on. Um, but Light did a whole Thursday night shout out to black owned restaurants and and trying to encourage people to support businesses in their community as well as this one specific restaurant they're um supporting with the actual commercial like they did a full 30 second full out video uh commercial it was just pretty pretty crazy um so you know many companies were doing are doing that work still doing that work today and um that was really like the catalyst that allowed us to like get to where we are here we are in 2023 mm -hmm. um you know, working with the brands and then just the people outpouring of support we've had 
from our community. Yeah. And so through this whole process, what are some of the key things that you've learned about the food and beverage industry? Um, pennies matter in this industry. You know, margins are tight. Things, people and resources are hard to come by. Good help is hard to come by, you know, with between inflation and with COVID and, you know, losing the workers, the workers are, are kind of shifting um, in what their demands are as a company, as, as you know, of themselves and, and what they want to do. Um, I learned that restaurants are resilient and are inventive are creative on how they stay alive. We've always been like that as black people. Um, so just watching people like be inventive in their solutions to, to COVID uh, and beyond is awesome. You know, as one restaurant, we lost a lot of restaurants, but so many are springing up or even started during COVID, you know? So we, we still believe we, we know we can do it. And I'm just inspired by some of the, the things I've heard from restaurateurs, been able to how they've been able to like survive. Yeah, yeah. And certainly you all have played a large um, impact in in that because how many uh, users or, uh, you know, download participants uh, of the app do you currently have today? Yeah, we're over 500,000, half a million app installs today. And we're connecting over 18,000 black owned restaurants across the United States on the platform as well. We um, Apple Apple. App Store gave us an award for connection in 2021. 2021? Yeah, 20. Gosh, I don't. 2022. Um, they gave us an award. They give out yeah. 15 of those awards um, a year. So that was pretty incredible to be, you know, in that bucket of people, bucket of apps to to get it. You know, actually, it's right here. Oh, nice. Yep. Shout out to the awards. <laughs> Congratulations on that. Uh, let me ask, you know, when you think about, again, the future of the food and beverage industry, um, how do you see Eokra playing a role in, you know, developing that future and having even more of an impact? Yeah, I mean, our goal is to bring help people find community and culture through food and also. But that's really what we're doing on the front end. But on the back end, we're we're arming the restaurants up to be uh, have those resources they need, have that mentorship, have that coaching. A lot of, you know, a lot of restaurants are, are mom and pop. They mm-hmm. work, they've worked full-time jobs for the career or, and, and just became like amazing cooks, or they've always had good cooks in their family, but they've never had that business mindset. And so we're really helping them with, with our partnership or with my partner, Jason Wallace, who's a culinary uh, restaurant scientist. He, he goes by, but um, we're, we're, we're teaching people as well, how to, how to, stay in this game for the long haul, how to, how to shift your mentality from just being in the store to like managing the store and and thinking about getting that next unit, you know? So that's a real mindset shift. And we're really trying to like work on that as well with what we do. Yeah, that's great. Um, so if, um, you know, if somebody was interested as a, um, a black restaurant owner, how would they tap into those resources that you provide? Yeah, definitely sign up on Eat Okra and then just being part of our, our newsletter, monthly newsletter or an occasional like additional ones we send, you would get kind of information on how to how to join. So as soon as you see something you read, you just reach out to us and we'll we'll connect you with the right folks. 
Okay, got you. And then I also see um, on the app that there's currently an opportunity to invest. So, you know, how can we as a black community or, or really any community, how can we continue to invest in Eat Okra's success? One, not in the obvious way, invest financially, but what other ways can we um, support? We just kicked off our WeFunder campaign, uh, which means the community, you can invest, uh, begin starting with $100 up to $100,000 if you wanted to. But um, it's a platform, it's SEC regulated, it's safe. Uh, it's simple. That's the really the thing. It's simple and it's a way for people to start getting into that world of investment also. So, you know, $100, you know, hopefully we give you a 10x return on that $100 or whatever it is you put in. That's our goal is to get you 10x of that. Um, so, yeah, that that started. We've already raised about 120000 right now. And so I'm super excited about that. Our goal is to raise $1.2 in our pre-seed round. Um and with the $10 million cap. But outside of like dollars to us, like get people to download the app, share our story, create content, um, tell your friends and family. If you did invest, share that you invested with your community and encourage them to do the same or, or encourage them to do their research and their own diligence and, and our mission and what we've been doing and check the facts, you know, what we've done. Um, and believe in our future of where we're going. So just, you know, stay connected to us and, and share anything we've got going on. Just continually using the apps. Tell us how we're doing. Is there a bug? Let me know so I can get it fixed. Chances are somebody else has it too. Um, I'm, you know, as a developer, I, I really do care about performance and speed and mm -hmm. making sure that you do have enough restaurants in wherever city you're traveling to. Um, so, you know, there's more ways to help. And if you're connected to you know bigger brands or bigger people we are looking for endorsements celebrity endorsements we're looking to partner with bigger with other brands that are interested in supporting black owned restaurants uh, or even just black owned businesses got you and so speaking of you talked about feedback and you know fix, fixing potential bugs so can you share any new updates or um, new features that might be coming along with the app yeah, so a big one. We're we're testing beta testing in, in New York, which is uh, Brooklyn specifically. We are allowing people to order food natively on the app uh, mm -hmm. for pickup or delivery. Um, so that's a really big, um, really big step, which is why we're raising the money. We've already uh, really built it out technically. Um, so right now we're just a really it's what. It's about user acquisition, user user adoption for us and like mm -hmm. sales. So we're using that money to just drive adoption, get people using the app. You know, it does provide a savings to the restaurant tour and to you um, compared to the other third party platform. So we are a cheaper solution. Our team isn't as big. Uh, so we're, we're able to keep our costs a little bit lower. Um, but we are a for profit business. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you, Anthony, for all of that information on eOkra. So now it's time to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> yes, you. And so now we're going to go into the next segment, and that is Kitchen Table Talk. And so what that is, is a really short segment where I ask you some of the most random questions, and I want you to answer as if we're having a casual conversation at the kitchen table. Okay. So are you ready? <laughs> think so. Okay. Okay. You will. Don't worry. It won't hurt. <laughs> okay. The first one. 
And I always have to ask for the culture. Anthony, in your grits, sugar or salt? Ooh, okay, sugar. <laughs> yes, Anthony. <laughs> Another one. I was Another one. Person. I up until recently, it's up until I really met my wife. I've been all day sugar. She's a savory person, so yep. I haven't touched sugar because you know once you have the gravy and you put the the um the shrimp in it, you know, growing up it was just like Quaker right. oats. You heat it up. Yep. Put a little salt in it. And it was never enough, you know, so. Yeah. Now, I'll say that there is a time for simply savory, like the shrimp and grits. What you're talking about, I get it. Mm-hmm. But if it's just grits by themselves, I am team sugar. I'm here to build the alliance because I feel like we get a bad rap <laughs> with, with sugar and the grits. Yep. So the fact that you just said that means we have another ally. So thank you. Thank you for that. Come on, I'm, I'm on team sugar, for sure. Yeah. Okay, next question. What are your top three Black-owned restaurants? And again, and I know you're based in New York, so it it can be anywhere. So I was in San Francisco, Oakland, actually, and it was Huff Huff Barbecue. Um, Awesome barbecue. They had Mm -hmm. the best, um, what do they call that? Pulled pork sandwich. Pulled pork, yeah. Crazy. Um, what else? I I do like Boulevard Bistro shrimp and grits. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The grits is crazy. Just wherever, however you get it. Um, and and where, then, where's that? Where's that located? That's in Harlem. Okay, gotcha. Harlem. Um, and then here in Brooklyn, Nostrand Social has some amazing food it's like a caribbean soul food fusion Mm -hmm. spot that i my wife really and i really really enjoy and then i think when one new one where where we really enjoy well there's two new ones it's sweet science it's it's not new to us we've been going for a long time yeah sweet science is awesome like they just have like for sunday brunch is awesome the food is great the dj comes in it's just an awesome vibe it's like biggie photos all over the place and just like really like cultural centric hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that that space too. And then like a Boulevard, not Boulevard Bistro, but um, Boulevard Brooklyn Blend. Brooklyn Blend is also a new favorite, and that's just like a coffee shop. But they got some like really fresh juices and smoothies that I really enjoy. And they got something called the Pop Special that it's just like crazy. I don't know what's in it. But I know it's super healthy for me, so uh, I go and get a smoothie here and there. Yeah. Okay. So you definitely repping hard for New York. So I just wrote down what I think you gave me five, and out four out of the five were based in New York. So I definitely got some some ones to try on my next yeah. trip to New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. The next thing. What's the weirdest food combination that you love to eat? Weirdest food combination that I love to eat. Mm-hmm. I'll say, like for me, I'm like. Tex-Mex, like salsa and eggs. I mean, I feel like, I don't think that's that weird, but some people look at me and be like, why are you doing that? I like it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I said I was in the Army for a while. Um, I didn't really learn about that until the Army. And when you get in the Army, they don't, the food would be dumb bland, right? So I had to, you go, that had to be my go-to. That was like an Army thing for me, and I still do it when I get access to salsa and I have eggs, but I don't need salt and pepper. I'm just like, all right, I can 
use the salsa instead. Uh, so that that saves so many breakfasts for me yes. in the army. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny you mentioned that. Um, but I don't know what else combination. I'm, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna think of. Okay, no, no, no. You good? You good? Again, you gave me the salsa and egg. So again, yet again, you, you're on my team. So I'm here for it. So that's that's good enough. <laughs> Okay, next one. You are on a road trip with your family. What are your must-have snacks for the road trip? Um, I like Slim Jims. Okay. For road trips, like or, or like string cheese, um, fruit, oranges. I like tangerines. I'm like I have a whole thing of tangerines in the thing. I'm just a little simple, small ones, uh-huh. three pieces. Finish it real quick. My daughter loved those right now. Um, if I'm driving, I'm drinking a Red Bull or something like that at night. Uh, or coffee, get that. Um, yeah, as far as food, my mom is crazy. She'll she'll bring a whole um, on a road a trip. Cooler. She's bringing the whole cooler. <laughs> it's got sodas. It's got full meals. It's got pre-made sandwiches. It's got yes. all of that. I'm pretty basic. I'm like, I just want to be like there. Um, get to where I'm going on road trips. Yeah, and that must be the active military in you because you name it like fruits and proteins and things like that. So that's that's good. Not I'm not, I'm not a snacker. I've never yeah. been a, a junk, junk food person, so I'm not eating chips and, and buying cookies and things like that. I call it Someone said something like once, like wasted calories. I'm like, oh, right, wasted calories. Why am I eating this? So I, ever since then, I really stopped. Um, but you know, I still go for the the cupcakes and the cakes. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot, but when I do go for it, I go hard a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I'll say in a similar fashion, if you had to describe your personality as a type of food, what would it be and why? That's personality is a type of food. I feel like I'm a good cheeseburger, but like I can have the different toppings that kind of like tee me off. You know what I mean? Like, got you. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a good one. So, so you you might be. Hmm. Let's see. To your personality, are you somebody who can? adapt to any situation like you you got the the anthony that automatically shows up <laughs> and is present but the toppings or the various factors or environments that you can easily adapt to yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah you're gonna make it a whole new analogy i like that <laughs> okay and then last thing we're gonna take it back to like your tender days we're going to be swiping. But look, I don't want no smoke with Yannick. I know. You're swiping on women. You're swiping on food. <laughs> so it's kind of like a little this or that. So I'm going to just run down a few of them. All right. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Okay. Tacos or burritos? Burritos. Okay. Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Okay. French fries or onion rings? French fries. Mm-hmm. Cake or pie? Cake. Okay. <laughs> and cookies or brownies? Cookies. Chocolate chip. Okay. Good. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Bacon or sausage? 
Bacon. Okay. We're going to head to the carryout. We doing fried rice or we doing noodles? Noodles. Okay. Me, I would have cheated. I would have said half and half. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, and then last one. Steak or seafood? Steak. Mmm. Got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see. We've played this game. Thank you, Anthony. I feel like I know you a little bit better just based on your food choices, how you yeah. eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how healthy you are, too, at that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I got too many carbs in my diet. I'm trying to cut it. <laughs> I have my moments where I'm like, all right, Anthony, you doing a little too much in the carbs. It's time to chill out for a while. Yeah, trust me, you are not alone in that. I eat plenty of carbs. Mm. <laughs> But no, so now I just want to go ahead and start to close things out. And I always like to wrap things up with the food for thought segment. Um, And this is just where I want you to provide some, you know, tips, best practices to the viewers just based on your own personal experience. Or what would you leave the viewers with in terms of like information or as a takeaway from the interview? Um, I would say to always be in a, in a, in a spirit of receiving, receiving, receiving the knowledge, receiving the information. Um, and then, you know, taking what you can of that and, and doing something productive with it. Um, you know, in my journey, it's just been like taking in and learning and being observant of people around me and things that they're doing. Um, even with my wife, just taking it, the information she's given me and being able to build something beautiful with it that we did together. Aww. So you never know where it's going to come from, what it's going to look like. But um, yeah, I think I would say that. Okay. I like that. Thank you for that. Oh, well, all right. We're going to start to go ahead and close things out. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I hope you've enjoyed this discussion. So be sure to follow Eat Okra on all social media platforms. But um, Anthony, you can be more specific than that. So can you let them know all the places where they can follow you and, um, you know, stay up to date? Yeah. um, So it's Eat Okra, the app on all your social media channels, www.eatokra.com. The App Store, Google Play. It's Eat Okra as well. Um, I'm Anthony Edwards Jr., so you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me uh, on Twitter, Anthony Edwards J. Um, not Anthony Edwards, the basketball player, but um, uh, I have a J at the end of mine. So people confuse the two, and I get a lot of, a lot of trouble on Twitter <laughs> here and there. <laughs> um, but uh, all jokes aside, just you know, thank you and your audience for having me uh, on the show. I really appreciate it. I hope you know people come away from this interview with, with something. And uh, and just either way, they had some fun while watching it and listening because you're you're awesome hosts, Marcus. So I really appreciate. It. Thank you, thank you. I Have appreciate you. it. But most importantly, yeah, the I say the main takeaway is look. In addition to your food for thought, is download the app and then certainly invest, <laughs> and then maybe uh you know share share the app or share um you know methods or ways to invest with your friends, family, loved ones, whomever. Yep. I think that sums it up nicely, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Got okay. to download and got to invest. <laughs> got you. Got you. And then um, lastly, as I just always say, you know, if anyone out there knows any, um, you know, black entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry who would love to be on Chow and Company, feel free just to message me and we'll make sure that we set that up. I want to um, thank you again, Anthony, for joining um, the discussion with me today. 
And all right, until next time, ciao. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you.